Welcome to Traveling for Work, a podcast where we hear fun, interesting, and adventurous stories from everyday people who need to travel for their work. I'm your host, Thais Miller. In this episode, we will meet Heather Kaminsky, mother of two young boys, George 8 and Harold 5. In addition to raising her boys, working on their school's PTA board, and being their Cub Scout den mother, she's also an entrepreneur. Five years ago, she and her parents took their lifetime love of shrimping and started their own company called Icy Fresh Seafood. For three of those years, they have frequently attended fish markets, selling their shrimp directly to consumers and wholesale customers at the Bellingham Dockside Market. Every year, Heather and her father travel to Wrangell, Alaska in January and February during the heart of the shrimping season, where Heather assists her father on his boat, acquiring the shrimp they sell. Welcome, Heather, to Traveling for Work. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. How did you get started in this business? I have very fond memories growing up, going out on my parents' friend's shrimping boat and doing just a couple of really fun shrimping sets here and there and getting to sort shrimp, which was such a novelty at the time. And then obviously get to keep the shrimp and eat it and just that whole experience was a lot of fun. What's yeah. the longest that you're on the boat? So this last shrimping season was six weeks long. So we were on the boat that whole time. We weren't out away from the dock for six weeks. We literally shrimp right in front of town. We go out of the, the harbor and run for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then we're at our, we're at our grounds for the day. So we kind of decide where we're going. Maybe an hour out, depending on where we're going. But, you know, we're really close to town. We typically do four to five sets a day and then are back on the dock every night. So we have power and water. And what's your (laughs) most memorable part of going on the boat for six weeks? Oh, you we we eat really good on the boat. Do you do any of the cooking or I am the cook on the boat? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I end up being the cook. So when we're shrimping our Crew member Ken also does some cooking, and it's a lot of fun. He is an author and is out doing research for his latest book, slash is our crew member. Yeah. Um, And he and Dad, we realized, was it two seasons ago, are are the same age. Like, their birthdays are within a couple months of each other. Wow. It's really cool. (laughs) Well, what are some struggles that you encounter when you're away? It's definitely a different mindset, like a different living style, I want to say. When you're out on the boat, you have a very small personal space and every every space beyond literally your bunk is a shared space. And you have to remember that. And you have to be okay with other people being in your space at all hours of the night and day. <laughs> so that can be really hard, especially when you're beefing with people who don't remember that every space is really a shared space. And yes, (laughs) yeah, it's hard to be diplomatic when you're having spats because it is a confined space. Like, and you are, you have to be really great friends and you have to know how to work with people and work through things, even though in normal circumstances, you would have nothing to do with that person. And you went in this past boating season with your son. He wasn't in kindergarten yet. Ah. So he got to be able to come out for those six weeks. And his job was to throw scrap fish overboard. <laughs> he lived his best life. He got to touch dogfish, which, you know, are little sharks. And it was just a great experience for him. And he got to learn all sorts of different kinds of fish and shrimp and 
crabs and yeah you got to hold a king crab that was really cool and do you go to the same place in alaska when you during shrimping season or do you kind of rotate where you go it kind of depends on the tides and the weather how do you find out about my dad is the captain so he's in charge of everything on the boat but i am basically like the first mate on board so we have discussions of okay well this is what the wind is saying you you know there's a a plethora of places you gather information from noah has uh, a weather report that they broadcast on channel two repeatedly and it tells the weather of different buoys and the weather condition out there it's very dry and if you don't you could zone out real fast and then if you miss where you're at you have to go wait till it comes all you know does the whole area and comes back around to your so that can be really dry and then there is windy is an app we use for wind and then we all have, have our own weather apps so that's always fun to compare weather on you know different people's apps saying the same thing for different different things for the same area and then we just use our eyes so what is your schedule like on a typical day yeah, so we're trying to we're trying to we try to be off the dock by eight eight thirty. So it's just basically getting light as eight thirty in the morning. Yeah, as we're wow. getting off the dock, which is kind of nice. So we kind of have the morning is a little bit slower, and then we're it's dark again four four thirty is really dark. Wow. You know, it's fallen dark again. So four sets, four or five sets, and we are done. Wow. Um. So a set is we've gotten to where we're going. And we have a 40-foot beam trawl. And so we take the beam. So it lives on the side of the boat. And then it we lift it up and we launch it. And it kind of, the water catches it and it goes behind the boat. It lifts, we lift it up. And I, my job this year was the stern. So I was in the very, very, very stern. And I had a special like line that I attached. And so... We lifted it up and then we let the bow go and then the bow kind of swings, well, the bow, the the front of the, the beam swings out and I'm bringing it all the way to the stern as it's swinging out and kind of let it go and push it out so that it's behind us and it finds, because the, the web of the trawl, because it's a big net, has to be able to spread out and open. And so we let it open up all the way. And we make sure that it's not like snagged because sometimes we're like, oh, no, like, and we do, we have to pull it back in and like reset the net and then we set it back out. But I mean, we need, it needs to be open in a specific way so that we're not getting logs, big stuff like that into our trawl. Well, what's the most memorable story you have witnessed during your time on the boat? Oh my gosh. This is going to be upcoming my third season going out on the boat. Okay. So the first season, then Harold and I only went out for two weeks that year because it was, he was a little bit younger and I wasn't sure how he was going to do, even though I had taken George out on the boat. We were doing um, the inside passage run. We weren't like physically fishing when George was out on the boat really young. So we get out and the first day we go get there and we go and do a set and the cable snaps as we're letting the trawl out. And all we can do is just watch the trawl sink to the bottom because you can't know. Like, this is like <laughs> thousands of pounds of steel and metal. Like, you're not going to pick it. You're not going to throw a line on it and catch it. Like, <laughs> so we just kind of went jaw dropped open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but dad ran up to the wheelhouse, dropped the man overboard, like buoy, like on our chart, because there's a specific function that you do to mark, right? That's how you mark stuff. 
I mean, we had to call it a day. There's just no, there's no coming back from that. So that was the, this is, that was the last season on that cable. They took the cable off the rule, the spool and turned it around. So they put the like stuff that was really worn on the bottom, like really, like really close to the, the fulcrum of the, the drum and then respun the wire. So the stuff that hadn't been used as much was on the outside. And so that was what was going to be attaching to the trawl pending us getting it back. Oh my gosh. Did you get it back? We did get it back. Oh, Spoiler good. alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <But>, good. <laughs> yeah. We, the next day, so we bought, the person we bought the permit and the gear from, his name is Elmer Mork. And Elmer Mork Sr. The, the Elmer Mork Sr. was shrimped and then Elmer Mork Jr. shrimped. And so Elmer Mork Jr. came out with us because he is an amazing captain, like just knows the area beyond, right? Like just beyond, like has a very intimate knowledge of the area. Um, we got a grappling chain. And so we did some passes, like where we thought it was going to be. So we did some drag passes with the cable, put the, the grappling chain on the cable and just kind of drug for it. And like we caught it, uh, we snagged it a couple of times, but the grappling chain just wasn't strong enough. And we literally bent the grapples because it would picked up the trawl and then bent oh off because it was too strong. So <laughs> we took a lunch break and came back in and got... Somebody had a grappling bar down the road and it was available. You know, that's the small town way. You just have to know the people that have all the things. And, wow. and you know, fortunately, we knew somebody who had the proper tool. We were able to borrow it. And the grappling bar, I think on the third pass, caught it because we knew right where it was at this point. And we caught it and we were able to bring it up and we got a line around it and we were able to bring it aboard. And wow. it was quite, that was, started that season off with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen anyone get injured on the boat? I mean, I've injured myself on the boat. <laughs> Tell us um, what happened. <laughs> I we have a I guess it would be called like a power net. We call it the power brailer and it's a, it's a big net like with a big frame, like a big aluminum frame and it's hooked up on this hook. And it was hooked up very poorly and I just bumped it and it landed on my head, on the top of my, like it just fell straight down and just like the the circle part of the net, like how, because it's, you know, it's aluminum, it's got aluminum frame. Yeah. Landed just like, bam. And like I caught it so that it wouldn't then continue to fall on other people. Yeah. And I'm standing there like, can somebody grab this for me? And that, my dad was like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. I need to like not be out on this deck right now. And then I had to go cry in my bunk for like 10 minutes. Was your head bleeding? No, it just was. I had a big goose egg. Do yeah. you know of any of your crew members, fellow crew members that have gotten injured and shrimping? No, they haven't because I'm, I'm, Q, I'm also Q&A and um, we make sure we're pretty, we're, we're safe because that's, that's all you, it's not worth. My dad and our crew member are both now in their 70s and so have that, you know, that knowledge behind them. And then Keith, our other deckhand, has grown up on the water and grown up commercial fishing and knows. Like we all know, like this is dangerous as dangerous can be. And yeah. So then I like to have casual conversations at dinner or at lunch, like, you know, when you fall overboard and then you just, you know, kick off all your boots and you take off all your rain gear because it's going to be dragging you down to the bottom because it's going to, it's another 30 pounds of stuff just on you. Sure. And you're, I'm like, your, your rain gear is 100% replaceable in every way, True, but your body you is not. not. 
So please kick off your boots. Because I, and I was directing it towards Harold, but you know, it was just, it's nice to have safety meetings sometimes and just remind everyone. And, and everybody kind of went, oh, we didn't think about that. And I was like, hmm, we talking about it then. <laughs> Is there any rituals that you or the crew like to do to help manifest the shrimp or anything that you do every, every mm. time you go out? Coffee. <laughs> We're highly caffeinated to the point where I come home and have to have a couple detox headaches to like get off that caffeine level because I can't. It's not the caffeine level that I'm at normally at home. Like, I don't know. You just run on a different. It's, we're very caffeinated out there. <laughs> so I guess our morning ritual, which I kind of started because I like everybody to be on the same page, is we kind of start with a morning meeting. And I like to discuss, you know, dad talks about where we're going shrimping and what the weather's like and what we can kind of expect that way. And then I discuss how we're going to process the shrimp that day. Any water stories you'd care to share that's memorable? Well, from this last season, shrimping, uh, we ran it, we caught the ground shrimping so we caught the we got stuck in the mud and had to get the trawl unstuck that was an experience oh my gosh yeah it's like <laughs> yeah it it happened it worked and dad was like yeah uh we got stuck here before but i didn't think we were gonna get stuck again but then we did i was like oh okay great so maybe actually mark this spot as actually get stuck don't shrimp here what are you looking forward to in this upcoming shrimping season i am looking forward to this next season uh we are talking about going shrimping out at a place called el capitan Ooh, it is where is that oh it's about like a day's trip from wrangle so it's by not, plane no or? by boat by boat by boat so. okay so you'll fly up yeah 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 so we'll fly, we'll fly up, up. And then we'll get all the stuff ready to go. And like, we'll do some sets and make sure we're all set. El Capitan, uh, there's a state park there with a mm. cave system that you can go Ooh. spelunking in in the summer, not in the winter time. <laughs> Too cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you ever get an opportunity, El Capitan all right. in Southeast Alaska, fun place to go. So I'm excited. And it's a really cool. And you can only get there by boat. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So step one, go shrimping. Well, step one, acquire boat. <laughs> acquire boat. Can any boat go there or do you have to have a commercial license to no, get there? No, it's, you can go there. by Anybody can go there. But it's kind of out of the way and it's not close. But I just remember we went there in my uncle's boat. He, he's a a purse singer. He's a commercial purse singer. And I just, there's like a channel. It, feel, it felt very much like a mangrove swampy area, but it's in Southeast Alaska. Like it just felt very much out of place. How can people learn more about traveling to Alaska for shrimp? If they're like listening to this podcast and they're thinking, wow, this is fascinating. I want to get in the shrimping business. But yeah. What do you recommend uh, for them? So the Working Waterfront has classes available Is Working Waterfront like a company or a website? Yeah, I think it's a website. There's the Bellingham Working Waterfront, which um, we do some more stuff up in Bellingham versus Seattle. And I'm sure the Seattle has a Working Waterfront coalition as well. But the best bet would be to reach out to processing companies and say, hey, I'm interested in being a deckhand because there's a people are always looking for deckhands. Searching on Facebook for deckhand jobs. There's there's and all they just sorts. simply fly out, hang you at the boat for six weeks, 
during shrimping season and then fly back to their humble abode, right? Well, so shrimping season's very a little bit more niche. Um, salmon is typically what people are going out to crew for. Okay. Um, and then you you graduate up to shrimping. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, salmon is typically what people start off with, either gill netting or seining, purseining. People come from all, all over, over the, the United world. States, the world. They just yeah. fly from where they're coming from, mm-hmm. join up the boat, mm-hmm. and wherever do their be. thing. Yeah. And, you know, depending on where you're at, you could be put up by the company that they're fishing for overnight until you they you can get a ride out to the fishing grounds even if the boat has already left without you wow yeah so the the thing you have to learn next is that there's a difference between fishing for yourself and being a direct marketer which is what we do for the shrimping season hmm. versus working or sh- or fishing for well fishing and then selling your product to a, a company that will process it and then sell it on to the end user from there huh. so you end up bearing a little bit less of the burden processing and that that wise but then you end up getting less money because you're getting you're selling a raw product you're not selling a finished product gotcha do you get rehires is there people that you yeah, you frequently so, see every year every season yeah we have customers that we have built rapport with we now have Four, five wholesale customers that we've built up into. And then we also participate in the Bellingham Dockside Market, where we, it's a direct from fishermen to the consumer market where all of the seafood that you buy is traced, is traceable back to who, who caught it. Is there anything you'd like to add? The water's great. I love it. That's awesome. It's always an adventure. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. It's been a blast talking to you. As always, Thais, the same. Thank you for joining us on Traveling for Work. Please join us next time when we meet a senior scientist from the Allen Institute who travels to various European locations to present and teach to others the latest research on brain science. I'm Thais Miller, and I wish you all a very safe, fun, and exciting travels out there.